As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Ping.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Long ago, before this day's confusion did begin. Throughout the stars did we go wandering Distance was no barrier And time it had no hope Free to come and free to go Free to come and free everyone and welcome to karmic evolutions astrologically speaking i'm your host sherry horn hassan of karmic evolution astrology coming to you on may 13th 2021 from contact talk radio just a quick reminder that this show aims to bring you the truth about astrology and your soul's karmic evolution i'm pleased to announce that today my guest is evolutionary astrologer marina orms who I will, of course, be introducing properly in just a few minutes. But first, my usual boring housekeeping stuff, which is to remind you that you can go to my Karmic Evolution Facebook page, see my posts there on the current astro energies, along with my new and full moon reports. And of course, now that I've just said that, I have to confess and apologize because I did not get a report out for the Taurus new moon. Um, I won't even bore you about why, but my apologies. So, um, you know check next week and i'll be back um also on the facebook page you can sign up to receive my new and full moon reports via uh email by my um to receive my conversations about consciousness email newsletter <laughs> okay just go down on the left hand side of the karmic evolution facebook page scroll down till you hit join email list and it's as simple as that so um the other thing is if you've missed any past shows or you want to re-listen to a specific one feel free to just go to my website at karmicevolution.com 
hit radio show on the upper hand corner of the banner and scroll down that page. And there you can access all of the recordings of all the past shows. And finally, in addition, I continue to offer my discounted one hour karmic evolution natal insight reading to listeners for only $99. So if you are interested in learning more about your karmic mission and purpose in this lifetime, if you'd like to um, get a better handle on how to move from chaos to clarity in your relationships, your career, with finances, with health, um, if you are desirous of attempting to heal old karmic wounds and to co-create your own future happiness and success, or just awaken to your true potential and highest destiny in this lifetime, it's easy when you take advantage of this special discounted offer. Again, a one-hour karmic evolution natal insight reading for only $99. So simply email me at Sherry, that's S-H-E-R-I at karmicevolution.com and book your reading today. At almost half the regular price, conscious awareness has never been so easy or so affordable. Okay, so let's get right into this week's astro news you can use. First, we're in the monthly, uh, we're in the waxing monthly, waxing portion of the monthly lunar cycle since we had the May 11th Taurus new moon just two days ago, offer us the opportunity to plant new seeds around self-love, self-value, and self-acceptance. There's space to do that now as long as we released any obstinate resistance to letting go of old ways of thinking and believing since the April 26 Scorpio full moon. So if we want our garden to grow and the Taurus archetype is the one most resonant with this particular metaphor of a garden, we must clear out old, outworn psychological debris, which in this case revolves around outdated and no longer current values, beliefs that are in alignment with newer social mores. And this includes ancient ideas about our own sense of beauty and self-worth. So the Scorpio full moon asked us to evolve by rooting out these beliefs. And, you know, I'm talking about the I'm not pretty, I'm not thin, I'm not smart, I'm not successful enough. The ones that limit us from evolving into a more empowered human being, basically, you know, as we move into our future. So it's into this fresh, clean soil, untainted by such deeply ingrained beliefs that you know, sadly, we're often told to, taught, or forced upon us by others. And that means they're not even connected to our true soul's inner guiding light. And, you know, if we carry these beliefs around forever, where are we going to plant the seeds that honor our true priceless nature? You know, the Venus, um, Venus's Taurus is often likened, it, it's the ruler of the second house in the natural chart. It's often likened to money, but money really just has to do with the fact that it's something to which we ascribe value. So it's really, Taurus is really about value. So we want to honor our own value and our value, I use the word priceless because you can't put a, a price tag on a human life, right? You know, well, at least as far as I'm concerned, you can't. So um, we all have a priceless nature. Um, and, you know, again, there's no price tag on the emotional serenity that can come from sitting in our metaphorical inner garden 
surrounded by nature's beautiful offerings in the form of flowers, trees, grass, birds, little animals, etc. And this comprises the true definition of the Taurus archetype. Peace, harmony, beauty, calm, nature, and all that pleases our physical senses in the form of sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch. And as I've noted before on this show, these five senses are on what we base our preferences, and they serve as the foundation upon which we predicate our values and our value system. So if we feel that something about ourselves isn't pleasing, we can hamper our ability to create a self-image that we can truly love and embrace unconditionally. So the message of this just past Taurus new moon, and like I said, we're still in the waning, I'm sorry, not waning, it's waxing, new moons wax and full moons wane, um, as both, you know, during the, the actual lunation or just following the actual lunation, the Taurus moon trined Pluto, and um, that was completed just a few hours later, but the sun was waxing towards the trine to Pluto, and that's not going to culminate until May 17th. So um, those earthy trines revolve around a greater sense or developing a greater sense of self-empowerment now. We don't need the outside world and its authority figures to tell us whether we're good enough, beautiful enough, smart enough, or whatever. Rather, this lunation reminds us that to find peace and serenity within, we need only to accept the fact that God don't make junk and that unconditional self-love is always an inside job, as they say. Now, today, May 13th, Jupiter enters Pisces, the traditional sign of its rulership from before Neptune was discovered in the late 1860s, and it brings with it the propensity or the possibility or the potential for us to gain a higher consciousness around our connection to the collective. So what do I mean by that? Well, there, that we're better able to expand our consciousness, which is Jupiter, around both intuiting and feeling empathy, which is Pisces, for not only ourselves, but for others as well. Now, this combination of planet and sign becomes, on the high side, a very altruistic one, which is to say we may work toward peaceful solutions by expanding our sense that we humans are all in this collective mess together. On the other hand, Jupiter may also expand things in a rather different direction. And I feel I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that one of this week's major international events, which is the confl conflagration and confrontation waging, uh, raging over the past few days between Israel and the Palestinians of Gaza and the West Bank at the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem. You guys who listen to the show regularly know I often bring in um, current events as a way of illustrating the macrocosm of as above, so below. And then, you know, we can try and pull those down into our personal lives to extrapolate the meaning um, on a more individual level. So Jupiter, by virtue of being the natural ruler of the ninth house, represents, among other things, religion. So at this Taurus new moon, we had the transiting Jupiter-ruled Sagittarius south node, and one way to interpret this energy is what I'd call, especially in this context, this current context, religious righteousness. 
in quincunx, which is a 150 degree aspect, to Mars in Cancer, which is which was sextiling Uranus in Taurus. Now, this configuration, when two planets are sextile to each other, and both of them quincunx another planet or a sensitive point, is called a yod and is known by many astrologers as the finger of God. Now, the Mars-Uranus sextile, although sextiles often represent, represent an opportunity, can also bring with it restlessness, impatience, and impulsivity. And the energy seeks something new, but you know, when Mars is involved, it wants it now. And with Mars in Cancer, is inclined to defend and protect both the motherland. Remember, Cancer is ruled by the moon. And in mundane astrology, the, the uh, moon represents the people. <coughs> and like I said, the motherland. And once, um, uh, you know, and sextiling Uranus and Taurus, that energy cries out for a change in our current value system. So what did we see? We saw a tax on the eve of, of two or close to the eve of the two religious events, right? One was um, the end of Ramadan, which here actually is tonight. Um, and the other is not a religious event, but it was a, a patriotic event, the um, formation of Israel. So I'm going to get into that in a second. So I'll give you that date, but it, but it's, it's now. So uh, these two things clashed with each other, right? And it happened at the Al Aqsa, Al Aqsa, I'm sorry, Aqsa, A Q S A, all right, Al Aqsa Mosque, one of the holiest Islamic sites near the Temple Mount, which Jews consider a holy sacred space as well. So, without going too deeply down a political rabbit hole here, your historical one, um, and everyone can Google the news stories because there's plenty of them right now. Let's just say both Israelis and Palestinians have been killed and wounded over the past few days, including a number of children. The casualties I feel compelled to mention are higher on the Palestinian side, but um, they're not nothing on the Israeli side either. So the Biden administration has reportedly sent an envoy to Israel to monitor the situation. An interesting move when you realize that we have a yod here, right, that um, was in play. And its resolution, uh, the resolution of a yod, any yod, is said to be the midpoint between the two sextiling planets, which is also the opposition point to the quincunx planet or point, which in this case is the south node. So again, in this case, the Sagittarius north node, I'm sorry, the Gemini north node is the focal point. That's the midpoint between Mars and Uranus here. And it's the opposition point to the um, south node, of course. So, um, you know, the Sagittarius south node, religious beliefs on both sides um, being agitated by Mars and Cancer's need to defend and protect its people. It's really, you know, the religious rights of its people. I mean, in context of Israel, of course, they claim not to be a, um, a religious state, but in actuality, they pretty much are. So I'm not looking to start any kind of arguments. I'm just saying that, um, you know, it's predominantly Jewish there. So um, meanwhile, Uranus and Taurus demands that no situation can remain stagnant forever, right? So the, the, the mid and opposition point here is occupied not only by the Gemini North Node, but also by its ruler, Mercury and Gemini. So a messenger, Mercury and Gemini, was sent by the U.S. 
which is a historical supporter and protector of Israel, to possibly broker a truce of some kind through opening up a dialogue, again, Mercury and Gemini, or a peace talk. You know, that's a little, nobody's talking peace talk, but, you know, uh, it's to calm things down, aimed at least tamping down this particular dispute from becoming a full-blown or all-out war. Um, now, this whole situation had me look up the birth chart of Israel. So I'll give you guys the, the data because I think it's really interesting. Um, it's May 14th, 1948 at 4 p.m. in Tel Aviv. Um, and guess what? The May 11th Taurus new moon at 21 degrees and 18 minutes fell on Israel's eighth house, 23 degree, 39 minute Taurus sun. And not only that. It triggered Israel's protective sense. That's the eighth house sun because it resides within Pluto's domain, making it secretive, which Israel is known to, to be. They, they instituted Mossad. They're one of the best intelligence agencies in the entire world. Um, but the secretiveness was out of a sense of feeling disempowered. And Pluto always wants to have the upper hand or Pluto Scorpio energy. Um, but the sun in the eighth house here also is in a T-square. It's opposite the second house, um, which is Taurus, you know, Venus's Taurus domain. It's opposite the second house, Wounded Healer Chiron in Scorpio, which is also a wound to trust, and square to an 11th house, Mars and Leo. So we can feel this trigger as a recipe for explosive action based on a sense of past woundedness. And I think, you know, if we're looking at, I don't have a Palestinian chart, but if we're looking at Israel's chart and realizing that they project their own woundedness out onto other people, then we have, you know, the other side is also wounded, right? Um, they reflect their, in other words, they reflect their woundedness back and forth to each other. And that sparks this need to continue to self-protect. Now, another big uh, incident that's undoubtedly more related to the ongoing Saturn and Aquarius squares to Uranus and Taurus this year, especially as we approach the next exact square on June 14th, is the ousting of Representative Liz Cheney from her position as the Republican leader of the House of Representatives yesterday on May 13th. Now, the ongoing turmoil in the GOP since last November's election has 100 Republicans threatening to form a new party. Now, I don't think any of these Republicans are sitting legislat legislators. Most of them are former administration officials or former uh, people like Governor Christine Whitman of New Jersey and other prominent Republicans. But, um, but I could be wrong. It could be some current legislators in there too. But whether or not there there are, the point is clear. It's time to break away from the status quo and do something different, something more related to the future. Why? Because ideologies have shifted and they're not necessarily in alignment with the current set of needs, mores, and beliefs of the average American because after all, politicians represent their constituents or the average American citizens, right? So whether a new party forms or not remains to be seen, but the split is widening as we speak, so stay tuned. Now, when the Taurus sun completes its trine to Pluto and Capricorn on May 17th, which is, again, the culmination of the waxing energy begun at May 11th's Taurus new moon, reform is most definitely in the air. So whether this reform takes shape through American intervention in the Israeli, or I should say successful American intervention in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Now, remember, the sun in mundane astrology is the king or the head of state 
well, you know, like a president. So this could well represent that the heads of state, meaning President Biden, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, and the Palestinian Representative Mohammed Abbas strike some kind of truce, um, or through, you know, Republicans revisiting and rethinking their current evolutionary direction. And again, all this remains to be seen. But with Mercury's retrograde in Gemini approaching us starting on May 29th, there's bound to be both a lot of discussion and a slew of review of what's going on in many different quarters. And this, again, also at the Taurus New New Moon's Yad that Mercury in Gemini conjoined to the North Node in Gemini. Tell us this is the way forward. So the trick now is to understand, as I said before, as above, so below, and to recognize how these uh, big picture energies relate to our individual lives. We all have merit and worth and value. What do we have to do to prove this to ourselves so that we can stand up to others and not feel slighted? The answer is through dialogue. Again, opening up to others' perspectives and letting in some fresh air and light that can highlight what needs um, what needs Venus's... Well, okay, let me back up here a second. Um, What we've got happening, what I'm trying to say is that with all this in play, right, we have, um, so the sun's trying to Pluto, an earthy trine is going to culminate May 17th, and on the 19th, Venus will trine Saturn. Okay, so together, I think these bode well for an actual beginning of some kind of solution, at least in the short term, to the two situations I mentioned and probably a whole host of more, uh, a whole host of other situations, whether they be on the world stage or in our private personal lives. Um, Because Venus trying Saturn is about finding common ground in relationships and partnerships that acknowledge the importance of both parties to each other. And this aspect favors practical and realistic solutions to any partnerships that feel unbalanced now, as it can better balance our duties and obligations to others with what we get in return, affection, love, commitment, and respect. So we can make our expectations of each other clearly known now, which is a big plus as we move toward Mercury's retrograde review period soon. Okay, so without any further ado, I'd like to welcome today's guest. Evolutionary astrologer Marina Orms holds a master's level certification from Stephen Forrest's apprenticeship program and is a retired board certified holistic nurse with a 25 year background in both holistic healing and astrology. Her most recent book, Astrology Heals, the Orms Method of Transformational Astrology, helps those seeking wholeness and wellness understand all they are capable of and how to achieve it with the help of insights from their natal chart. Marina's first book, Cycles of Healing, Personal Transformation in Relationship to a Living Cosmos, published in 2011 at the founding of her business, Astrology Heals, provides insight into how astrology supports an ongoing healing process. She's also the author of the ebook Secrets of the New Paradigm, How Astrology Reveals the Way Forward, and a contributing author to the anthology Nurse Sparks through her chapter titled Dancing with the Universe, How Astrology Brings Meaning to the Healing Process. 
Marina's busy practice assists people at different life stages from student to el- to wise elder to understand their authentic soul's purpose so they can live a life of fulfillment and meaningful contribution. She offers private consultations, a popular membership program that features heart and mind opening astrologically aligned guided meditations and soul-centered group programs. All of her services utilize astrology as a tool for personal awareness, healing, and empowerment. Marina lives in Eugene, Oregon with her family, where she supports two talented college-age children, an unbounded garden, a petulant cat, a photogenic dog, and some very articulate chickens. On occasion, she has been found eating a homemade sandwich under a canopy of Douglas fir in the Cascades or contemplating cold water with her toes at the Oregon coast. Okay, Marina, I want your life, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Anytime. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. That's the inner garden, right? I'm like, toes in the water, eating a sandwich, you know. Absolutely. I I, I have to ask you this. Does the petulant cat get along with the photogenic dog? (laughs) Uh, Not so much. Their their relationship (laughs) is evolving. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Just like all of us, right? (laughs) (laughs) Too funny. Too funny. Anyway, listen, it's a pleasure to welcome you back to the show. Um, You know, how are you? That's my first question. How are you today Uh, on the host there? I'm doing great. We, we're having a beautiful day here, and um, and it's always a pleasure to chat with you, Sherry. I'm so I'm super excited that you invited me back. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming. It's great to talk to you. And for those of you who don't know, and I don't really think there's any reason you would know, Marina and I both studied with Stephen Forrest at the same time, and so we know each other from way back. And uh, she's a great astrologer and a great person. So, um, so let me ask you first. I'm wondering if you can explain to our listeners first, like what is a holistic nurse exactly, and then how you discovered that the combination of holistic nursing and astrology. Now, I don't know that you use astrology in your nursing, but, you know, how they go together or how they kind of um, entwined for you. Sure. Yeah. Um, So, first of all, holistic nursing is a specialty within the field of nursing. Um, You can actually get certified as a holistic nurse. And you have to be a nurse first, <laughs> but the, 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 the premise of holistic nursing is that it focuses on the whole person. So body, mind, spirit, emotion, and brings in uh, the, the context of someone's life and how, for instance, um, you know, thinking about the bigger picture of what someone's going through, um, you know, how, how they're illness or their situation is impacting them based on their family situation or their home situation or their work situation. So it kind of brings in a whole context of understanding of the whole person and uh, nursing and caring for people from that perspective. Oh, that makes total sense. Okay. And so did, did the discovery of astrology just I understand. I get the connection between holistic and astrology. So, but I just want, you know, I want our listeners to understand how you feel they're connected. Yeah, absolutely. So there's really actually a direct connection because in astrology, we have the four elements, earth, air, fire, water, and those directly correspond to uh, body, mind, spirit, and emotion. (laughs) So we've got right here, um, you know, just 
just with understanding how in a chart we can see the balance of the elements. We can see what we need in terms of uh, body, mind, spirit, and emotion, and really um, addressing our needs for healing as a whole person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, cool. So tell us also more about your books, because I didn't even know that you had all these books, but, um, you know, especially your latest one, what, what can you, I mean, the first question that comes to mind is just to ask you, what is the Orms method of transformational healing and how it basically works? Yeah, so that is, um, that's the name of my second book. And so my first book was called Cycles of Healing, and it went into how um, ongoing astrological cycles sort of um, describe the process that we're going through as we come upon different phases of the moon, for example, or different transits of Jupiter or whatever it may be that that's part of an evolving cycle and we can understand how to work with that consciously to um, use our intentions to manifest the outcomes we want. It's really all about outcomes when Mm -hmm. it comes to healing. So where do we want to be and how can we understand what the planets are telling us about where we are now and where they're going and where we're going to help ourselves have uh, a deeper understanding of the whole process. So, mm-hmm. so that's where it began. And then I wrote the second book, Astrology Heals, the Orms Method of Transformational Astrology, because I wanted to sort of explain to people how, what the foundation is of how we can approach this. So, um, so the Orms Method Um, It combines three things that all have these parallels. It combines whole self wellness, which is the mind, body, spirit and emotion. Um, Mm -hmm. It combines that with the astrology of potential. So we're seeing not only what astrology tells us about what is, but about what can be or how we can optimize the energies. And so that's air, earth, fire and water. And then we've got also... um, this idea of aligned manifestation and that when we're working with together with our mindset, our self-care, our actions and our feelings. And when we're finding that balance of bringing in all four of those pieces of wholeness, then we can more um, effectively and powerfully create the outcomes we want because we're aligning our, you know, we're working through the emotions we need to work through. We're taking the actions we need to take or the risks we need to take. We're finding the mindset that's going to best support us. So it's it's all about um, bringing in this wholeness. And uh, the Orms method works on those, uh, brings those three levels together. Ah, so cool. I, um, I particularly like what you say about the chart, you know, because you and I both know, like, especially with traditional astrology, it was so much more considered to be your fate, like your chart was your fate, you know, but the ability to say no, that may show us, you know, because we're both evolutionary astrology may show us what occurred in the past, but it also actually shows us our potential for the future, right? And that that involves change. You know, we both know change is the only constant. So, you know, but, I, you know, that's that's what drew me, I think, to this branch of astrology. But I think that's cool that it's in there prominently as one of your, you know, tenets. So, yeah. Um, and when we have that, too, like um, just seeing it, thinking about things that way, 
it helps us to always, always remember that it's not, it's not just, there, there's no bad things in your chart. <laughs> there's always like, okay, where's the pitfall, right? What, what could happen if we're not conscious or doing the work that we need to do? And then what is the possibility? What, what could it be if we um, take advantage of it? So it's always coming back to that place of, you know, what is my role in choosing how I want to make the most out of this? Right, right. And I like the connection to healing because, of course, it's like, you know, for those of us who've ever been diagnosed with something that we felt was dire at the time, we can look and say, well, that's the way it was and the way it is, but it's not the way it has to be. You know? Exactly. Yeah. In other words, we can, we can not control, but we can live. Um, what's the, I don't know how to say it. I want to say live in harmony. That's not really the right words though, but you know, we can <laughs> accept, and we can modify and we can change our attitudes, you know, right. and go, being right. fearful, say, for example, to being more empowered, no, regardless, you know, so that's cool. Exactly. Um, and I just want to be really clear that it doesn't mean that you can always make the diagnosis go away or that you can always, you know, like you, you don't have that kind of control. But what, but when you think about it at this deeper level, it's what is the invitation? What is your soul getting out of this experience and so there may be some learning in the process there may may be some emotional healing there you know maybe somebody needs to have a resolution with their father or you know these things that we experience you know that feel like um, bad news and you know I'm not saying they're not bad news um, but they um, it's it's about looking for you know what is this in asking of me how can I step up into the invitation or the challenge to live my full potential, which may not be what we think it is. So, yeah. So beautiful. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. No, very cool. Very cool. So let me ask you about some of the current astrological energies. Obviously I went on and on and on about the Taurus new moon, but I know you do your, I'm going to ask you to tell people about it in a few minutes, but you know, you have manifesting with moon cycles. So is there anything you want to add to it or go down a different route with it, route with it, since I obviously took it off in a, <laughs> in a rather political direction, um, you know, about the major messages on a collective or, and or personal level. Yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, I just love the way that you talk about things. And you, you have a really deep way of thinking that, um, you know, gets me thinking. And so I I really appreciate, uh, I always appreciate talking with you because of that. And and, um, thank you. Same here. Same here. So back at you, baby. (laughs) Right. I don't know what we say over here, but um. <laughs> I don't know, but you say it's funny. That's all I know. <laughs> so I, anyway. I, I loved what you were saying about self-love and self-acceptance and self-value and um, you know, I, I would, I think that just my perspective on, on things is just to, you know, I love the, I love the big picture political stuff and people who really, um, like you dive more into analyzing that and what's going on and how it's connected to these energies. Cause it, it, it helps us put that into context as well. 
But I think my, my own perspective is more to bring it back to, well, what does this mean for us? What can we do about it? What's going on? And so, um, so the, this Taurus new moon is, um, it, it's of course in the context of other planetary energies that are happening. And you have this new moon, which is, you know, it's a fairly brief period of time. It's a, it's a trigger point and, and it comes on the heels of an Aries new moon and a Pisces new moon that was before that. And so in, and in the bigger picture of cycles, we also have it falling in the midst of this Saturn and Uranus square and, um, and the, uh, Pluto and Capricorn, Neptune and Pisces, all of these things are happening in this bigger picture. And, and we can see these different developments happening, of course, in the news and in politics. We see things uh, developing that are part of these bigger picture cycles and energies with, with uh, these uh, trigger points that happen along the way. Um, but to, you know, you, you, you flesh that out pretty well. So, um, so to bring it to what can we do, um, you know, just, just to remember that a, a new moon is a seed point. It's a seed point in a cycle. And we, we constantly have these cycles that are evolving and we can use them to set our intentions consciously again bringing it back to the outcomes what is it we want what feels important to us so it takes it out of the place of being frightened about what's going to happen because you have to remember that when you're when you're afraid or, or like have that anxiety that you need to know what's going to happen and is it going to be okay you're you're letting the power be outside of yourself. And mm -hmm. so when you bring the power back, you're saying, you know, well, why does that bother me? You know, what, what is it I'm afraid of? And that's the personal evolution part, because when we can come back to, you know, well, if we're afraid, do we feel disempowered? So, so what is our place of power? And we actually have a lot of power, right? That we are, we are human beings right now creating the future. And, and so how can each of us be our best selves so that we can create the outcomes we want, whether that's on a personal level or on a bigger picture political level? Um, and some of us are more called to activism and some of us are more called to, you know, making a difference for our own children. And it's all appropriate. It's all really part of the whole. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Yeah. So uh, that was so I sort of went off on that. But um, the, the new moon in Taurus is the place to set our intentions about what we want. So it's just a, it's a coming back to the self. And, you know, so beautifully, like you're describing, like that feeling of, of being in the garden, feeling the sun and the breeze and and smelling the aromas of spring or wherever you happen to be in the world. And and um and taking that time to ground and to really just let yourself be in that place of peace, because in that place of peace, you can connect with what, what what's important to you and why. And that's, you know, even if you don't know really what you want or what it looks like, you can always just connect with that place inside of yourself that feels like, okay, you know, I just want to feel like everything's okay. Maybe that's 
your intention and then to, to just connect with that during the new moon, then what you're doing is you're saying that as this moon cycle unfolds, as the moon waxes and builds toward full, that I'm, um, I'm putting my energy into having a development or an outcome that can support the, these things that feel important to me that I want. I want to feel like everything's okay. And so I'm inviting in things that will help me feel okay. <laughs> no, I love that. Yeah. I love that. And you made me remember that one of the things I didn't say that I wanted to say um, that I think you'll agree with is that I feel like when we do what you just said, we also plant the seeds around increasing our sense of self-worth, no matter how we feel is the best or most appropriate way to do that, right? Is that totally. yeah. as we manifest from our inner energies, the outer world, right? That's, that's right. the toughest concept, I think, for people to get around, but it's the one that represents the greatest growth in consciousness. So if we, even just intellectually, because you and I got Aquarian streaks, so if I can get it intellectually, then I can, then I can start to absorb it more emotionally. But if we plant the seeds and grow the garden around self-love, self-value, self-worth, then we're going to manifest those inner energies in our external world and draw to us people who value us the way that we can value ourselves internally and vice versa, which makes for, you know, what so many people in the world are always dying for, which is happy relationships, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I should say yes. successful, happy, you know, uh, long lasting relationships. But, um, but anyway, I just wanted to add that. So let me, yeah. let me move on and ask you, cause you know, today, uh, May 13th, Jupiter's moving. Um, out of um, uh, Aquarius um, yeah. and into Pisces. So, um, you know, this is where the king of the gods and the planet of expansion and higher consciousness, it's been transiting in Aquarius since December 2020. And now, again, like I said before, it's moving into its own traditional sign of Pisces. So how do you think this energy is going to play? Um, you and I know, I mean, it's going to be moving forward into Pisces till July 28th, then it's going to retrograde back um, and not go back into Aquarius until um, I forget if it's late December or early next. Oh yeah, it's December 28th. That's what I, that I have here. So anyway, yeah. how do you think that the temporary move forward will play? Yeah. So this is, you know, the feeling of Jupiter going into Pisces is, um, yeah, you know, Jupiter is consciousness. It's also our beliefs. You know, it's um, it's growth, it's expansion. And so you put it in this totally unbounded sign of Pisces. And I think, you know, again, we have to look at, well, what are the pitfalls and what's the potential? And the pitfall, you know, one of the things that I've been pointing out to my clients is just to remember that there's the potential to kind of lose yourself to, um, you know, to go into addictive patterns or uh, lose your sense of self or get lost in the fog um, mm -hmm. with Jupiter just oh, expand. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, so it's really important if you want to uh, take advantage of these energies and work with them positively that um, keeping that anchor on, you know, who am I? What, what is important to me? And that's, you know, where this 
Taurus new moon is so important to just help us ground and remember who we are and and uh, remember how to get back to that place of of centeredness. And um, and that if we do that, then we're opening ourselves to this to really a transformation in consciousness. I think you know this ability to expand into a bigger feeling of divine purpose and clarity around um, who we are spiritually. I love that divine yeah. purpose. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think too, it it does hark hark back to just as you just said the Taurus new moon because it's like there's so much value in that, right? Discovering yeah. your divine purpose, like like once you had that key, right? Then you've got yeah. the riches world i mean it's amazing yeah yeah well yeah seeing that you know that basement filled with gold coins imagery and and just you know like all that abundance and and to think really about what is you know so yeah we all think that we want money right but (laughs) but what is money money is just this thing and so what what is it that money gives us You know, it's accessing this truly um, abundant experience. And and what would that look like? And that's a really powerful thing to reflect on. Like, what would make you feel really abundant? And what are the things that you want that you are hoping money, you know, will help you with? And and can you invite those things in and open to those things? Um, And, and, you know, money is great, but, but what is the real, you know, the bigger why? Right, right. Well, sometimes, yeah, it's sort of like, what is it you really want? You want right. the money. Money is just a representative of what it can buy, you know. So what is right. it you really want either to buy or to have? Because you and I both know Taurus is to have, too, right? It's right, right. <laughs> so yeah. It's like, do you need the money to possess it? No, the money is just the middleman. It's just the, the, the means to the ends, right? So, right. you know, but totally. that, that could yeah, take us down a whole nother route. Um, I want to ask you about about also the Saturn square to Uranus. We have about 10 minutes left, and I don't okay. want to miss the chance to give you an opportunity to talk about your own program, because I think it's really cool, the manifesting with moon cycles. And, um, you know, just from talking to you, I know you've been doing it for a while, and, yeah. it, it, you know, you, I, you have a great handle on it, I can tell. And, you know, so tell us now about that, and maybe if we have the time, we'll get back to the Saturn um, square Uranus. But or I'll just have you come back on. That's yeah. all. Um, <laughs> yes. yeah. But that—that's yeah. the stuff. And what else you're doing now? You know. So, um, uh, but anyway, tell us about the manifesting with moon cycles because it's interesting. Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll do that, and then if we've got a couple minutes, we'll talk about the square. So. Um, uh, so, yeah, so I have uh, many clients who have been in this program with me. It's a month-to-month membership program, and um, I just help them. You know, there are people who want the benefits and the advantages of knowing this astrological energy and how to optimize what's happening at any given time without spending, you know, the 25 years that you and I have to um, to learn all this <laughs> astrology. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of money, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, we're, we're still so, and all. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the um, 
so the program gives them uh, guided meditations that work with the energies and help them connect with their own inner wisdom, but, you know, kind of steering them according to what the energies are going to help them most with. Um, you know, some, some months it's going to be more of a self-care focus. Other months it's going to be what is your most authentic action that you need to get out there and do. So it's kind of working with those energies. And um, in addition to the guided meditations, I provide a weekly, you know, sort of overview of what's going on and what it means. And, uh, and then we have just daily posts and reminders, you know, here's what the moon is going into today. And here's, here's how you can, you know, just a quick sentence of what you can, uh, how you can stay grounded with that. Um, So that, that's the program and it is um, available. through my website, astrologyheals.com. You can read about it there. Um, and yeah, what, what other questions did you have? Um, well, uh, go ahead and give everybody, so it's astrologyheals.com. Um, is there anything else that you've been up to lately? Give us some insight on what's going on with you, where people can buy your books, you know, Great. Um, yep. for reading, all the other stuff. Yeah, so astrologyheals.com is the is the hub, the one-stop <laughs> shop, I guess. Stop shopping, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you can learn about my reading options. Um, you know, I, I, again, just like you, when I do sessions with people, we focus in on, you know, I, I don't want, like, I don't want to overload people with information. So we focus on what is happening and how can your chart support you to make the most of that you know to understand it to work with it positively and get where you're trying to go so it's very um it's very results oriented and mm-hmm. um and we can learn more about my readings and sessions on my website astrologyheals.com you can also um get a i have a free gift there if you sign up um you can uh get a set of videos that walk you through creating a soul-based action plan. So that's actually a really good place to start. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Create your own soul-based action plan that will, you know, give you a a plan to work with the moon cycles for yourself. And then uh, if you want to work with me, you know, you can follow up with those options. Um, So I think that's that's me and how to how to find me and how to work with me good well i hate you know when i when if i go too long and then i have to cut the person off so i'm just yeah. i wanted you to put all that in but i also if i'm not mistaken you still offer do you offer people who are curious about manifesting with moon cycles is there a free meditation and then if they want to buy into the program is that still Available? Yeah, actually, that okay. um, the the four keys uh, video series that uh, all, you know all you have to do to get that is go to my website and enter your email address and you get that you get um you get the, the soul based action plan template worksheet to fill out that's actually straight from my book. Um, Mm -hmm. You also get a series of videos that walk you through filling it out and you get a sample meditation. Um, So you can, yeah, you really get a feel for what uh, is involved if you sign up for the monthly program. And yeah, Yeah. and the books are there also. You can uh, read about the books and uh, they're available on Amazon or you can click through from my website. Okay, cool. 
All right, so we got about four minutes left. So any any quick insights on, um, you know, the fact that the next uh, Saturn, I'm sorry, yeah, Saturn Aquarius, I get Uranus Aquarius, Saturn Uranus <laughs> Square is coming up in about a month. And it's, you know, yeah. it, the energy is prevalent this whole, um, this whole year. Right, the second of three. Um, mm -hmm. So just, I mean, I just find it so fascinating. Every time I look at that square and I feel into it, it feels so potent. You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. like you've got the planet of change, which is Uranus, in the sign of Taurus, which is about our everyday, our routine, our normal. So it's changed to normal, which we definitely, you know, have been experiencing. <laughs> um, but it's also in this square to Saturn, which is also about uh, structure and routine and, and very earthy. Um, and uh, Saturn being in Aquarius, the, the sign that Uranus rules. So we have mm -hmm. just a lot of this, um, uh, you know, sort of the energy of change combined with the status quo. And so it's changes to the status quo, but it's also laying the foundations of the future and mm -hmm. having a vision and really having an opportunity to lay new foundations for change. And um, so, so we're seeing that in the collective, we're seeing um, certainly changes to the status quo and um, uh, things that uh, used to work in a certain way, don't, you know, are changing, but we're also seeing uh, activists and visionaries and progressive values uh, having a new path forward that they haven't had before. So I wish we had more time, you know, there's tons more we could dive into. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe I'll have you back and we can talk about it in the context also of healing, you know, because... Yes. Well, that's your focus and your concentration. And I think because change scares people so much, you know, and even even if we're not conscious of that, right? A lot yeah. of us have karma around resisting change. I, I'm a Taurus son, so I know I do. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uranus, you know, it's forced upon us. And like you were saying before, you know, something happens to you. It's not necessarily always... Um, to be evaluated immediately it can be evaluated over a longer term because it's really how you perceive and how you handle and how you go forward you know based on what just happened you know exactly. so our, yes. our perspective yeah. is so important right you know it's it's yeah. and when like now we were talking about jupiter so it's like is the glass half full or is the glass half empty? And right. you know, if you use your glass half empty, maybe you want to join the other crowd, you know, or maybe something that for a glass half full person sets them back. And then they have to be reminded that they're a glass half full person, you know? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that we always have that choice. Exactly. Life is always about choice. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to wind up now. I'm going to thank you. Um, it was fun reconnecting with you. We definitely got to do this again. So I'm going to reach out to you. We'll schedule another date and it won't be, um, you know, uh, it'll be um, a few months from now or something. So we have time to plan it. And, um, and thank you. Thank you so much, Marina. It's been great talking to you. Thank you. You too. Thanks. And thanks to everyone else for joining us today. I hope you've all found the information presented here helpful as you continue your karmic evolution in this lifetime. Please be sure to join me next week on May 20th for another episode of Karmic Evolutions, Astrologically Speaking. 
Until then, may your journey be filled with karmic healing and the joy of greater consciousness. Namaste. Long ago, before this day's confusion did begin Throughout the stars did we go wandering Distance was no barrier And time it had no hope Free to come And free to go Free to come And free to go Open up the As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.